Welcome to Confessions of a Homemaker, a podcast where I talk about real and raw things in the light of biblical truth. Like, can we just come to the table or the mic for in this case and talk about the real stuff? And whatever it is, we should want to know what God's word says about those things, what the Lord's heart is on these things. And be women that are It doesn't matter what Christian culture says. It doesn't matter what the pastor says. What does God say? Just because it looks good or beneficial or it sounds like a good idea, what does scripture say? Can we be those women? Can we be bold enough to lay down our feelings and our opinions and our wants and our own desires and pursue the heart of the Father in whatever If you believe that the word of God is an error and it is sufficient, it is enough. God's word is enough. Jesus is enough. Then let's go to the word. Let's see what he says about these things. So if you need your cold cup of coffee, your earbud, um, hook it up to the Bluetooth in your car, whatever it is, let's do this. Hey, 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 lady. Thank you so much for joining me today and for coming to listen to um, this podcast today. I am your host, Haley Lindbergh, and I am so thankful that you are here. Hello, hello. Welcome to Confessions of a Homemaker. I am your host, Haley Lindberg. So today is just going to be me like geeking out and just talking. So I hope you don't mind that. Um, Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you guys about some books that I'm reading and why. And, but I have to like back up and like explain that I am a weirdo (laughs) and I read a lot of books at one time, which that probably sounds really weird, but I've tried to explain this to my husband that he can watch multiple TV shows, right? Some people can do that. And I'm one of those people that reading, I can read multiple things and it does not bother me. In fact, I actually enjoy reading multiple books at one time um, because I can just pick up where I've left off. It doesn't um, inhibit my ability to like absorb um, the information or whatever whatever I'm reading. So whenever I pick it up, it's like I'm just right back where we left off. So... Okay, so, um, and each book that I'm reading is, like, super different, but they all kind of have a theme. The theme is Christianity, obviously, um, but they're all, like, on different things, different areas in my life, so I just wanted to share that with you guys and then also talk about, like, why I'm reading it and then, like, what I'm gaining or... Um, learning or understanding um, from each book. Okay, are y'all ready? I'm being serious. Y'all are going to think I am legit nuts. Okay, so 
we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven books that I'm reading right now, okay? So, and here's another thing, the way that I read is I don't necessarily read it and then I'm just like done with it. Um, these are books that I will, um, you know, once again, kind of like a TV show or a, a, a sermon or whatever. Um, I will re-pick it back up and, you know, maybe reread something that stuck out to me or, um, or vice versa, you know, read something that I never noticed before, which I'm actually doing that with one of these books. Um, so let's just jump into it. So book number one is Eight Women of Faith by Michael A.G. Haken. Yeah, he's got a weird last name. Anyway, but dude's pretty cool. Um, this book is about eight women. Um, here, I'll just read the back of it because I'm, you know, not interesting on explaining stuff. Okay, so read the stories of eight remarkable women and their vital contributions to church history. Throughout church history, women have been critical to the growth and flourishing of the church. Historian Michael A. G. Haken highlights the lives of eight of these women who changed the course of history, showing how they lived out their unique callings despite challenges and opposition. Inspiring modern men and women to ignite, or sorry, imitate. Y'all know I got dyslexia, okay? To imitate their godly examples today. So just for example, we've got Jane Grey, Margaret Baxter, Anne Dutton, um, Anne Steele. She was a hymn writer. Jane Austen, the novelist. So um, pretty. it's just pretty neat. And the reason why I chose this book was because um, I just feel like the current events of today... Um, Especially with Christians making comments like, oh, we're being persecuted in America and blah, blah, blah. No, we're not. Y'all don't even know what the heck that is. Like, you know, so I just started studying stuff like, um, sorry, my kids are in the living room. Um, I have to figure out time to record these y'all. So I'm like never alone. So anyway, hope you guys can relate and give me grace. So, um, I just started researching, like, early Christian martyrs, um, like, Perpetua. She was very, very encouraging to read about. She was, like, one of the first, um, like, round of Roman women who were, um, persecuted. Anyway, her story is super cool. You can check it out. You can Google it. It's, it is Christian history, so it's anywhere that you can get access to that. So, I'm being encouraged by, um, and it's kind of neat because it's just, like, it's, I mean, I don't know. They just, they talk about stuff like, um, the Quakers and the Puritans and, like, how their stance was biblically, like, the Quakers were very, e they, their view was egalitarian, and then you had the Puritans, they were, they were complementarian. So you, you get to learn new terminology, um, and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a really, really, really neat, um, book just to see how the Lord has moved through church history. And I think that it is neat for the, you know, the wave and the pursuit of spreading the gospel. So I really, really like that book. Okay, so book number two is Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. So this is a book that I literally just have in my arsenal. I have it accessible, accessible. Um, like I have it in my kitchen right now. I have it somewhere that is consistently, um, readily available. Um, 
and I have, I would say I've read this book multiple times, kind of like the Bible, like I've read it in chunks, but not like beginning to end. Um, and I've applied it for whatever season I'm in because I, I started reading it when my son was two, my oldest. So, um, and now that he's getting older, um, I'm going to start reading some of the older kid, um, chapters. So, and it's just about the biblical model of raising children and it is about redemptive discipline. So if you've never heard of that, um, redemptive, so I'll just read the back of it. Shepherding a child's heart is about how to speak to the heart of your child. The things your child does and says flows from the heart. Luke 16, 45 puts it this way. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Written for parents with children of any age, this insightful book produces, sorry, provides perspectives and per, perce, procedures for shepherding your child's heart into the paths of life. So redemptive discipline, I learned a little more about that um, with BSF Bible Study Fellowship. And it is literally, you are parenting for heart transformation. Your goal is not behavior modification because we know when we read scripture that the Lord has to change our heart and everything else changes from there. So that also applies with our children and that should be a huge tool in our mother, you know, tool belt or our parenting tool belt. Um, it literally has transformed my parenting, um, in a way I didn't think it would, um, because I don't want to raise little Pharisees. I don't want to raise kids who are so obsessed with following the rules that, that they feel like a constant failure when they do screw up, or they're only listening, um, to how adults want them to be. So the older that they get, they become, um, they'll literally, it's like manipulation. And being Christian homeschooled in high school, I saw a lot of Pharisee type kids. And I'm not saying this like bash homeschool parent. I am a homeschool parent, um, Christian homeschool parent. But it's like they're so, the rules are so rigid. There's like no room for screw up. And when there is, they're ostracized and they feel awful. And so the older that they get, or it's like, I know my parents aren't going to be okay with this. So the older that they get, they learn how to manipulate how adults see them. But when they're around their peers or people that accept them, I'm putting that in quotations, um, they are really good at lying. They are really good at morphing into how they want adults to see them because that's what they were raised as the right way or appropriate. I don't want kids like that. I want kids who there's grace to slip up. Um, I'm not going to be mad at them because I mean, I'm, I might be frustrated, but I don't want to see them. I don't want them to feel like I see them as a disappointment or something to be embarrassed of, or, um, something is constantly inappropriate where they can't just be silly and be a kid um, I don't know. I hope I'm making sense. So it's like, I don't want to raise Pharisees to where they're just worried about outward behavior, but there's no initial, but there's no heart change. So if we get to the root, which I saw this work in my son 
when we were um, training and correcting on sharing. He was like two and a half. And I'm not kidding. That, that model and that heart change is still the same today. And he's almost five years old. So, um, I'm sold on the parenting method. It's biblical. Um, it's not like anti-spanking if you're worried about that, or if you are just check the book out. Um, it's amazing. It's really, really well written. It's good. Um, it's, it's endorsed by Elizabeth F. Elliot. Um, it, there's doable tips. It's just, it's really, really good guys. Like it is just, it transformed my parenting and it's just, it's good. So moving on book three, okay, <laughs> we're halfway there. Um, book number three is amazing. Um, I think every chapter I cry. Um, and it also made me be thankful. Sorry, I'm trying not to cry. Made me be thankful for having a um, mom who built a home. So with that intro, this book is called The Life-Giving Home. Creating a Place of Belonging and Becoming by Sally and Sarah Clarkson. So it's written by a mom and one of her daughters. And she also has a podcast. I love Sally Clarkson. Um, I've had some older ladies tell me they feel like she's like perfecty, And I don't feel that way at all. Um, but this book, The Life-Giving Home, is literally about... That building well is a long process and that we have to, that we're building a home and that it's our privilege and our God-given mandate to do so. Um, I literally have cried every chapter and it's, I like the way that they orchestrated it and organized it. So it's four chapters in the front and then the rest of the book is they take each month of the year and they just give you ideas on how to create family traditions how to make your house feel, um, it's literally just about hospitality, um, and building a home, here, let me, let me read you just a portion that I have highlighted, so, um, we are all capable, so this is from page six, we are all capable of creating a lasting legacy in the form of a home that gives life to others who come under its roof, a home that serves all who enter. A home that reflects our own tastes and the values that we treasure. A home that meets the needs of family and visitors alike that fosters beauty and creativity. A home where the atmosphere, traditions, and celebrations give life to the hearts, minds, and souls of those inside its walls. A home that provides a life-giving legacy that will last for generations to come. And I believe that God has designed us to do just that. So she goes into like how our hearts are really like a homeless generation. And um, I don't know. It's just like it's a really, really, really good. I think every woman, I don't care what season of life you're in. You're single. You're living with roommates. Um, you're living out on your own alone. You're... Um, you're newly married, married with bajillion children, um, a grand, you know, an empty nester, mom with teenagers, grandma. I don't care what season of life you are in. This is an amazing book for all women. It is, it is the importance of creating a space where we can love people, 
when people walk through the door of our home, they feel welcome. It's the gospel with house keys, okay? It's amazing that, I think that's also a book, I haven't read it, but I like the saying, that the gospel comes with house keys. Our home is the best place to love on people, but we have to be able to step out and invite invite people. And I think hospitality really is just like a heart posture. So uh, anyway, um, this, this, I'm just going to read a little section of the back of the book. Life-giving home will lead you on a new path to creating special memories for your children, establishing God-centered traditions, and cultivating an environment your family will cherish their whole lives long. So, um, anyway, check it out. Okay, so moving on. Book. Oh, my Lord. Are we on four? I don't even know. Y'all, I'm awful. Like, I... Anyway, this book, love it. They have a podcast. It's awesome. And um, no further ado, without further ado, Mama Bear Apologetics, Empowering Your Kids to Challenge Cultural Lies by Hilary Morgan Fier. Um, so they actually have a podcast and they're uh, Jay Warner Wallace um, read this book and he's like a really good um, apologist. His ministry is called Cold Case Christianity. Um, he was raised atheist. Anyway, he became a believer. So this book is just about, um, it's literally, there's so much goodness in here. I don't even know how to explain this book to you. Um, once again, I don't care what stage of life you're in. This is for aunts uncles you do not have to be a woman to read this book i know a lot of men who've read it as well aunts uncles um if you are around children period or you yourself want to learn to like how to develop shifting through ideas and things like that um this book is amazing check it out so here's just a little a couple little lines from it apologetics may not seem important until you witness firsthand the consequences of bad ideas Amen. Um, apologetics is not the only solution, but it is a large part of the solution and one that is ignored far too often. Amen, amen, amen. So what they do is, um, even on their podcast, they they talk, um, teach you how to roar like a mother. So um, that is their acronym of how they teach um how you can help teach your kids how to um discern things so roar r-o-a-r roar is reinforce ideas y'all i've got to find the page that like actually explains it because i can't find it Sorry, my son had to come in my room because my daughter got into my <sighs> face wash. My God. Okay, y'all, I'm such a hot mess. Just know, I am just a mom in her room with a cell phone. Like, I'm just a mom. Like, I literally just had to stop press recording because my son came in my room and he said that sister, <sighs> she got my very expensive hair well it's not very expensive because it lasts like nine nine months but um 
I sell skincare and hair care and I've had it since April and I'm like nowhere near needing more but she just squirted out half of my freaking bottle of face cleanser and I'm like okay lord it's because I should be watching them right um but I'm trying to create content so in the grand scheme of things being out there with my kids is more important than recording this podcast but you know I can't be everywhere at one time, and I literally have no time to record this, and that probably sounds weird, but this podcast is me being obedient to the Lord because he's asked me to do it, and I need to be faithful in all that he's given me to do. So anyway, continuing, Roar. I found it. It's on page 54, y'all. Recognize the message and re... No, I'm going ahead of myself. Okay, so R, recognize the message. O, offer discernment, affirm the good, and reject the bad. See, they're just like not leaving me alone. I'm trying to record this fast. Okay, so roar, recognize the message, offer discernment, affirm the good and reject the bad. A, argue for a healthier repro- re- approach and R, refor- reinforce the through discussion, discipleship and prayer. So it's just an amazing book. They go over like um, the big main ideas like chapter five is God helps those who help themselves. Self-helpism. It's all the isms in culture, um, naturalism, uh, Marxism, <laughs> which is huge right now in culture, um, postmodernism. The truth is there is no truth, postmodernism, which most of us were raised in that. Um, moral relativism. I was raised by moral atheist, my dad, so uh, my dad that raised me, um, and they just break down emotionalism. Everybody's raised to be like, go by, go follow your heart. And then progressive Christianity. Christianity needs a makeover. That one I want to read this week because I'm just being like put in situations where like people are wanting to derail and go off into like new age or how other religions are doing it. And it's like, okay, but Christianity has been set apart and has survived this long because we have certain things that we do not do. Okay. So anyway, um, that one, that's chapter 15. Yeah. Christianity needs a makeover progressive Christianity. Um, I want to read that really, really bad. I'll probably read that today. Um, anyway, so it's a very, very, very good book. Um, the problem on the back, it says we as parents are the most important apologists our kids will ever know. Jay Warner Wallace, the author of cold case Christianity. The problem with lies is they, often don't sound like lies. They seem harmless and even sound right. So what's a mama bear to do when her kids seem to be absorbing the culture's lies uncritically? Mama Bear Apologetics is the book you've been looking for. This mom-to-mom guide will equip you to teach your kids how to form their own biblical beliefs about what is true and what is false through transparent life stories and clear practical applications, including prayer strategies, This band of mama bears offers you tools to train yourself so you can turn around and train your children. Are you ready to answer the rallying cry? Mess with my kids and I will demolish your arguments. Join the mama bear, mama bears and rise your voice to protect your kids by teaching them how to think through and address the issues head on yet with gentleness and respect. So I love their podcast. I love their mission. I love everything they're about. I'm excited to read the book fully. I've just been reading chapter after chapter. 
you know, like picking here and there. Okay, so book girls, I, g girl, girls, girl, whoever's listening, I don't even know what book we is on at this point, but we're gonna keep going, okay? Okay, so I'm reading two Audible books right now. One is Missional Motherhood by Gloria. I don't know her last name because I'm reading it. She's reading it to me. Which I am becoming addicted with because I just don't have time to like sit and read, read books, which I'm just not in that season and that's okay. Um, so, so far I'm amazed with it. I'm on chapter six and it is amazing. Um, out of all of these books, check that one out. <laughs> that and a mom, mom Bear Apologetics. Those are the two that I want y'all to read if you are thinking about any of these books. It's called Missional Motherhood, and it is uh, it's amazing. Like she's tying in Old Testament, New Testament, like God's God's desire um, of motherhood and discipleship, and like how we're designed as women. And it is just excuse me, it is just I had a hiccup. It's amazing. Check it out. That's literally all I've got because I don't have, like, the book physically in front of me. Um, I bought it on Audible with a free credit that my husband had. Um, a friend of mine actually told me about it, and I looked it up, and I was like, wow, that sounds really, really good. But she just talks about how um, in our nature as women, we are maternal. Um, whether we have children or we're discipling or mentoring or we're loving our neighbor, um, we as women are, are naturally, um, nurturing and, and, and loving, and we like to connect with people. And she just keeps tying, um, part one is like old Testament. Part two is new Testament. And I just, I love it's very, and it's like lots of like theology terms and like how she's tying it together. And like, I, I am just enjoying it. I'm learning. I'm loving it. Okay. So the second um, audible that I am doing or that I'm reading slowly with my husband is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. So, um, I'm a huge believer in that there are Christian thinkers throughout the ages in church history who have attributed great theological, um, advancements and ideas, not advancements, but like just teachings, um, and that we should all dive into, those teachers, so like Thomas Aquinas, um, Pascal, John Calvin, uh, Augustine. Okay, now mind you, I don't agree with every single thing these men teach, but they were such deep intellectual thinkers in church history that they are worth checking out. C.S. Lewis, um, just all these different, um, people throughout church history. Um, they just, anyway, there, there's like, there's actually a podcast by remnant radio on, um, classical Christian thinkers. You should go check that out on YouTube. Um, and he talks about it. It's actually a book that I'm going to buy and read too. So anyway, there's that mere Christianity. It's a very good apologetic read. Um, it's a good theo theology read. And I think it's, and me and my husband are reading it together one chapter at a time. Um, we're just talking about it. It's just helping us connect, um, on that level. Cause I'm the more like intellectual, like deep thinker constantly learning. And he's just very more chill and relaxed and like, not that he doesn't care. He's just like chill. So, 
um, I'm like, come on, let's read this. Let's learn together. So <laughs> that's what we're doing as a couple to engage, um, you know, intellectually, theolog theologically, spiritually, just connecting in that way. So anyway, so the last book that I'm doing, I'm actually starting today and I've done it before, but I feel like I'm just in an, a season where I need to do it again. And that's what I mean by all these books. I just, they're in my arsenal. So, Made to Crave, Satisfying Your Deepest Desire with God, Not Food by Lisa Turkhurst. So, I remember <clears throat> I did this before I had my children because I had gained like 15 pounds and I got it off by reading this book and obviously exercise and tracking my food. So, um, I am going to start this on top of what I'm doing and um, I've been praying and fasting and, and seeking after the Lord and just asking him how he wants me to handle getting this weight off. And I saw this on my bookshelf and I was like, you know what? I'm going to add this to what I'm already doing. So that is it, guys. I'm super boring. I hope you felt like you were like sitting in my house and just like if you've been to my house, you know what I'm saying. Like I talk about stuff and then like I have to interrupt and parent or interrupt and sweep the floor or so I hope this wasn't like too sporadic and um, distracting. I hope it was encouraging and spurs you on to read and um, learn about different things. So yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining me. It was so wonderful to talk about this. Please go find me on the socials. I'm on Pinterest. I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook and I have an email. Please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. And my friend, I bless you. Be bold. Have courage. Have hope in the Lord.